If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. I like how you're chewing. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. I've been, uh, um, I'm eating a burrito. Oh, that's good. Um, it's one of those nature things. What is it? Whatever it's called. The nature so, goodness, whatever. Wait, are you are you telling me that if I walk out into the forest, I will see a burrito? Yeah. Freshly growing on the... <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've already started the podcast. Oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, if you, it, you can probably just start the, you know, just edit the beginning slightly mm-hmm. to say, you know, to, to get rid of the howdy ho. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. And then I can just say, I, you can start it with, uh, I like how you're chewing. And you could say I'm eating a burrito. Sure. Okay. I'm well, not then, gonna. I'm gonna. I, you. I'm gonna do it like that. Do it. I won't eat. I'm not going to edit anything. Just, okay. just, just edit the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, just so we start it at that part. Okay, sure. good. Let's just jump right into it then. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> this is this is fine. This is fine because let's face it, burritos are found in the forest. Of course. Maybe that's the if title. Anything? Yeah, that's the title. <laughs> if there's anything to be learned. Uh, from this for our listeners right burritos can grow on trees i you know what we are we're we are really breaking some new ground there copernicus mm-hmm. you know um i guess we should then also mention hi everybody welcome to how you play the game <laughs> the official podcast of the osit foundation incorporated yours truly jack furlong with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned this is the second episode of the month of july the year is 2020 we are back to our regular uh regular schedule shall we say our normalcy our schedule is once again regular thanks to um a laxative yeah that might be known as a burrito hey we'll we'll find out (laughs) (laughs) oh ha ha very funny lois a poop joke (laughs) once across the way from me is mr sean ryan our producer engineer eating a burrito he found in the forest hello sean Hey, Jack. <laughs> As always, you can find us on the interwebs at osipfoundation.org or on uh, social media, facebook.com slash osipfoundation and Twitter and Instagram at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. And as always, you can email the show. The address is podcast at osipfoundation.org. So now that we've gotten through the burrito. Um, oh, it's done. It's done? The breakfast burrito. What was on it? Um, sriracha. Okay. Sriracha, and it had um, uh, vegan sausage, eggs, uh, beans, and rice, and cheese. And you you thoroughly enjoyed it? Oh, it was gone in like less than a minute. So That's yeah. good. Good. Was the sriracha the thing on the outside that I saw? Yep. That's what I thought. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm, sure I'm sure it was not ketchup. No. 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 Ketchup doesn't belong on something that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have ketchup with my fries. I'll have ketchup with my eggs, 
but on a burrito, you got to put the sriracha on it. It, it, I, it's funny is that uh, you are as Irish as my girlfriend who also puts ketchup on her eggs. And when we have breakfast, like if, if it's, if it's the two of us and my mother and my mother is cooking breakfast for us, um, she's the one putting the ketchup on the eggs and she's just looking at us like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I'm doing it. And we're over here that's like, a, that's an Irish thing. I think it's an Irish thing. I think they put ketchup on everything and I'm, and I'm a quarter Irish. So, mm. you know, well, when I went, when I went to Ireland, um, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you know, galaxy far, far away their their ketchup is a much sweeter. Really? Um, and less like processed than ours. Well, we process um, everything. Right. You know, we, have, we, we do a lot of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, but the, but the, but that's how the ketchup, podcast was born. Right. Yeah. Um, but, the, but if, if you ever go to, if you ever go to Ireland, get the chance to go to Ireland, have their ketchup. It is, it is like completely different and it's, it's lighter flavored. It's, it's sweeter. It, it tastes great. It's fantastic. I hear the, uh, the Guinness is also much different over there too. Yes. Yeah. Because Caitlin went there, and, and that was her big thing when she went. She said, the Guinness over there is not the Guinness over here. So if you might not be a Guinness fan here, you might not like stouts here, go there and just try one. You you'll might change be. Your, you'll change your tune yeah, for sure. exactly. Exactly. Um, well, now that we've got international travel out of the way in this pandemic, <laughs> um, before, before we get into our topic, I have to share something with you and our audience that's actually very, very funny. So, um, for my 37th birthday, which I celebrated recently, uh, Caitlin got me uh, a couple of gifts, one of which is a board game. And mm -hmm. I have it here. I'm going to show it to you because we, you have the ability to see the visuals, but our, our audience can only hear about it. Okay? okay. This is called Kenny G's Keeping It Sexy. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> the objective here is, as it says on the back, help Kenny G, the world-renowned saxophone superstar, keep his groove through a hectic day. Work together to overcome uncool events, detangle those luscious locks, and avoid rush hour traffic without missing a brassy beat. It's a soothing combo of strategy and cooperation. And, and you have to get, literally, I kid you not, the events that come up through this day are things such as out of hair product, <laughs> okay, traffic in Malibu, no fuel for my seaplane, <laughs> because he has a seaplane, okay? All those are all, wait, we've all been there. <laughs> Slept through my, my alarm. <laughs> I took my seaplane to the grocery store. <laughs> and I, you know what? It was so frustrating because there was no body of water. <laughs> and, you, and, you were, and you, the guy who's mostly bald, was out of hair product. <laughs> listen, listen. Oh I, I took my seaplane to the, <laughs> to the county courthouse the other day to, to apply for a permit for an above ground pool. Oh, okay. And let so me you can land your seaplane in the right. above ground pool. <laughs> and let, let me tell you, the biggest issue, you're probably familiar with it. 
No body of water near the county courthouse. I know. You know? I mean, Let's get in the on. game here, Climate folks. change can't happen yeah. any faster. Right. Let's get these rising seawaters going I, already. Then I, went, <laughs> I then went to the mall in my seaplane because I had to buy a pair of khakis while accompanied by my mom. Uh-huh. And again, ran out of fuel. Yeah. There was, there was a body of water but there was no fuel. You know, we can't, we just can't have our cake I and eat it too. I, huh? I could have had the what twofer. Is, is, <laughs> I could have had the twofer because you, if, I, if I was out of hair product, I could have gotten it while at the mall. Of course. You know, it's, it's like uh, all the planets have to align oh my in order God. for us to enjoy our seaplane. Mer Mercury must be in retrograde. <laughs> all right. The reason, the reason that I bring up Kenny G's keeping it sexy, okay, as, as much as we laugh, and believe me, oh there God. is reason to laugh. I need to see this the, okay? next, time, the listen, next time we listen, get together. I got to see this. You're not just going to see it. You're going to play it with Of me, course. Okay. Absolutely. Um, the reason I bring it up is because it is, an, it is a cooperation game. You know, we talk about competition all the time, obviously. And this board game is very similar. You're obviously familiar with the Oregon Trail. Of course. Okay. Were you aware that there's a board game? I think the board game came out before the video game, right? Well, whatever it was, there's a new one out now. It's mostly a lot of cards. Um, I don't know how much of a board as it is, so to speak, but one of our mutual friends has it, and we played it recently uh, within the last couple of years. It's another game of cooperation. It's a mm. board game where either everybody wins or everybody loses. Mm. You know, in, in, in Oregon Trail, the idea is one person has to make it alive to Oregon and everybody wins. You know, in, in this game... Uh, you have to get through two full days uh, without allowing Kenny G to lose his groove, and you, you know, and you, and you, and everybody wins. Mm. So, so I found it interesting that, you know, that this is a this is a great example of a game where people can work together to win rather than compete against one another or compete with one another. I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's a winner and a loser, you know, um, this is, this is a great example of a game that someone like Alfie Cohn, who wrote the book, no contest would, mm -hmm. he would champion this because of the idea that everybody can work together to, to achieve a goal. You know, <clears throat> I, there's another game that, uh, I played a few years ago that required cooperation and it's available on steam. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> which is that online platform where you can download and play games. Right. Yeah, I've played it. It's keep keep talking and nobody explodes. Okay. And what it is, it's a bomb diffusing game. Okay. And one team has a um a guide or a bomb diffusing like almost like a pamphlet or like almost really like a book it's like right. a big pdf file where you have to look up different codes and one team 
based on the kind of briefcase they see for the next for the other team they, they have to decide they have to say okay i see five circles and they have to describe to the people with the pdf file like what they see and the and the people with the file have to say okay so do this and do that and you have to try this and try that and they give them instructions based on the the style of the briefcase because the bomb is inside the briefcase right and they, they're timed so one team has to talk through the people who actually defuse the bomb and then they trade places so right. that's another it's it's fun yeah but it it's challenging but it also it also fosters teamwork yeah now (laughs) you're laughing the flip side of this can be a lot of four-letter words (laughs) directed towards the other team because there's got to be a lot of precise directions right so usually the more loquacious uh person with the larger vocabulary you know I was, how many you like how are, i use that word i was gonna say you know how many people are looking up the definition of loquacious right now mm-hmm. but the, <laughs> two usually, yeah. two people okay <laughs> so, me and the one person listening <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> so so um but it's interesting because like when you get it right it's such a great sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Like, yeah, we did yeah. it, you know? Um, and it it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We should try it sometime. Okay. Um, I'll bring my laptop and we'll, we'll have at it. But this Kenny G game sounds absolutely stupid in the best way possible. Listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I played it with Caitlin twice, and we won the first time and we lost the second time. And... Um, it's i don't i don't want to recommend something as dumb as saying you know what you should eat a pot brownie and then play it but if you have a drink okay <laughs> it may make it better i it might listen we were we were ju- we were completely sober and kids don't drink until you're of age and don't abuse drugs but we were playing it completely sober and i was still going into the theater of the absurd and we were having a great time so Good. say say what you want about kenny g's music and believe me as musicians you and i will but i'm sure he's a fantastic guy who probably had no idea he was endorsing this game and was just, I'm sure he would get a kick out of it. Oh, he would love it, probably. I'm sure he would love it. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to, to start with that because I knew it would get us off on the right foot. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, while I'm thinking about it, the other thing I've been doing recently, you know, you and I have casually talked about online gaming yep. when it comes to sportsmanship and whatnot. Of course. And, and I think that, you know, in the future, we may be looking at that a bit more on some of our episodes since we're in this type of a pandemic society right now. Sure. Um, I started playing, uh, I don't know if you ever got into this as a kid, but uh, I, ever since like 1994, five, six, somewhere in that area, uh, I have played Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Okay. I've and, played it. I've played it casually, but yeah, you know, not I, really. I was serious. I was a big player, not a good one, but a big one, um, until I got to college, 
And I played throughout like my first semester of college. And then, you know, you get into that point in college where you're just like, I need money. And I sold my entire collection. And then like within a year of that, it broke out again on my floor as being a huge thing. And I was like, why did I do that? So I tried to stay, you know, stay with it to a certain degree. And then finally, at some point, I can't remember how many years, it might've been like 10 years ago. Um, you know, it, it, it's that long ago, but it was somewhere in my 20s. I actually spent a little bit of money to try and buy enough cards to reconstruct a couple of my decks. Hmm. And, um, and then over the years, um, me and a couple of friends have played very casually, but we've we, like, we only would play with each other because we kind of play with some house rules and whatnot. Right. Um, and, and, but it would be, um, you know, it, it was very much in-house and we kept at it and whatnot. And then when the pandemic hit, um, my one friend, you know, who, who we would still go see him carefully and whatnot. And, um, we would, we would, the three of us would hang out and he actually bought like some more magic cards because we were just like, listen, there's nothing else for us to do. Let's just mm. do it. I actually, I actually ended up buying him uh, a bunch of different magic cards uh, a couple of years ago when his mom passed away. Mm. And, and I was just like, and I said, you know, we got to We got to do something for him. And so my one friend and I, we went out and we just bought things for him because we were just like, he likes games and whatnot. And we mm. went over, we spent a ton of time with him. We played these games with him and whatnot. We played magic with him, and nice. it was, you know, and, and, and it, and it worked out really well, but it kind of reignited the spark, you know? So we started, playing and whatnot and then when the pandemic hit we started buying a few more cards and i actually found a um a gift card that someone had given me like a 25 dollars visa gift card and i didn't realize that if i didn't use it i would actually like start incurring a fee for for inactivity yeah. so i was like well i gotta use it so i spent it on a couple of cards and whatnot and then so so I got to a point where I was like, I want to look online and see they've got to be doing this online somewhere. Sure. And they actually have two platforms. I think it's called magic, the gathering online MTGO is one. And then the other one is magic, the gathering arena MTGA mm -hmm. and online heard of MTGA. Yeah. A, a is much more um, controlled, a little bit more low key, but still very well developed. MG, MTGO is much is much more complicated. Um, to me, I wasn't about to spend uh, money, like significant money, to like buy into these things when I'm only getting electronic cards, right. you know. But but you, there's still plenty of options for you to play and have a free account and this that the other and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And so I started playing a lot. And I was playing a lot last night. And, you know, they have in the middle of these games, you can click on your avatar and there are a bunch of different sayings that you can say that are predetermined, you know, so you can't like taunt somebody, you can't write four letter words, things like that. But, um, you know, a lot of them are very complimentary. And, oh, you know, like you, like you click on it and it's like one of them is hello, one of them is mm -hmm. nice move. Um, one of them is oops, uh, and one of them is good game. And Excellent. I'll tell you, um, listen, you're always going to have 
a, a, a one or two bad apples in a bunch. You know, mm-hmm. I was playing a game last night where this guy was just toying with me and I was like, the game was over. He was, he had me dead to rights and he literally kept toying with me just so that he could build a bigger army and gain more life. And it was really just, it, it got to be absurd. And I finally just conceded. I was just like, you're now you're being egotistical. Um, you know, but that's few and far between. Right. And, and a lot of the time people would say good game, or if I did a, a nice move or I, they would say nice, or, and I, I would say thank you and what like, so there's a lot of good stuff going on. And yeah, I guess the point is, you know, I, w- I would encourage everybody to always just try and look on that bright side and look for those ways to be the good sport, especially in these online games in this pandemic type world you know there's i believe the statistic is like almost 50 percent of people have experienced some sort of online bullying um through through online gaming and whatnot and it's really sad and uh i mean online gaming and living online is a very prevalent thing um you know kids today are going to spend more time online than ever Mm -hmm. i mean you see kids walking around just with their their faces in their phones playing an online game and this that Mm -hmm. the other and whatnot and so it's just another reminder that you have the power to be a good sport Mm -hmm. and and in this type of a situation it doesn't take anything more than just saying good game to Mm -hmm. your opponent you know i don't even like i don't even look for the other people to compliment me just just a good game and i feel like you know what i I, you it makes my it warms my heart to know that you just had the ability to say good game right now you you know one of the things um another example of good sportsmanship in the gaming world is a lot of it happens at conventions right um you know, one of the one of the I can't remember where it was, but it was it was a few years ago. This one guy was showing um, a packed hotel convention, a packed hotel um, ballroom at a convention, um, some tricks in Super Mario World. Okay. And he for I if I remember the move correctly, it was he kicked. He was holding the shell, uh, the Koopa shell, and he right. kicked it, and he kept bouncing off of it as he right. kept and catching it and kicking it and bouncing off of it, and he would he would try and he would try to traverse an entire pit without falling in by doing this. Okay, without which is unbelievable. You wouldn't right. think to do that, and he kept trying to do it, and he kept failing, but the audience was like. Yeah, you can do it. Come on. And they were they were they were chanting him on. Like right. the whole audience was behind him. And instead of like roasting him on a on a spigot, they were cheering him on like, "Yeah, you can do it. We believe in you." And he finally did it and they erupted in applause. Like and and it was, you know, there was a sense of camaraderie there. Right. You know, and and it's it's sort of it's sort of refreshing to see that because there are, as you said before, 50% of people involved in online gaming have been bullied. Right. And in just in gaming in general and um, seeing something like this, where he's cheered on and he finally gets it is, was, was huge. I mean, it was a big boon for the, for the, for the guy who was able to accomplish the trick 
but I think it no doubt made everyone feel better in that right. room. Right. You know, and it's it's a snowball effect. Absolutely. You know, it's it's it only takes one person to say, Yes, you can do it. And and then everyone else gets behind it. Right. Right. Um so I it's <clears throat> there are increasingly more platforms where for for gaming out there. Right. Um, as you mentioned with the Magic the Gathering, but on the Steam platform, um, people can stream games on Twitch. Yep. Um, it, uh, there was a streaming platform called Mixer, but that I think was bought out by Facebook or I think, don't quote me on that. I think it was something to do with Facebook. But... Oh, Facebook is buying a lot. I mean, they bought Instagram and right. whatnot. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did something. Like... I, I, I'm not sure, 100% sure of the story, but Twitch is the big one. Okay. And yeah. um, there are really strict rules yeah. that you need to follow. If there's any harassing going on, you're, you're gone. <laughs> like, you are gone are, are the, is the stuff that's streamed on twitch is that the stuff that i see on youtube like if i watch someone who had streamed because i are or are they live streaming it on youtube both both yeah you can see it on their on the websites twitch website you can you can load you can upload to youtube okay i mean it's yeah it's very common um, yeah and it's any game really any yeah. game any computer-based game um any i mean even microsoft I mean, you could play. I mean, you could. I mean, you could play anything. I I used to spend a lot of time uh, or trying to kill time, especially during like baseball off seasons. I go on YouTube, and uh, you know, a lot of people have um, designers uh, that where they can make like custom made golden eye levels and things like that. As as you are familiar with with your work on with uh, Goldfinger, yeah. So so I like I watch Goldfinger. But then, like, there's other ones where people just make completely random custom levels, and you can see people play them, and you can mm -hmm. see what kind of, you know, creativity people have, and, you know, it just really puts you in, um, in settings where you're just, you know, it's, it's nostalgic, and it's also allows you to appreciate other people's work, you know, and, and I find that, I find it to be entertaining and interesting, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like going to a museum and, and looking at the paintings to a certain degree. It's just that the paintings are moving videos. Speaking of games, so as a, as an aside, <clears throat> I, um, for my students that I teach, I created an online course for the summer on the evolution of video game music. Um, I don't think I told you this yet. No, I had no um, idea. Yeah, so um, I was working on that for a while, and it's for my students that I teach one-on-one. -on -one, okay. And it's a Google Classroom. Um, it's a Google Classroom class with slideshows and examples and just how sounds and music have progressed throughout video game history, which. I, I started in 1970, and okay. I go all the way up until today. So 50 years of, can you believe it? <laughs> 50, 50 years of video game music. Thanks, Geritol. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's, I, as I was, and GoldenEye is one of the examples, GoldenEye mm -hmm. 64, is one of the examples of uh, the golden age of video games. I see what you did there. Um, ha ha, ba ha. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and how it's evolved. And um, my students are, we haven't gotten up to that point yet, but my student, because right now we're talking about the Atari. 
Okay. Um, but my students are be, are being a little bit more particip participative. Participatory. Yeah, that's it. Participatory. You had loquacious. I can have participatory. Yes, participatory than I thought. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, well, you're, you're, I mean, you hit the nail on the head because, you know, as you and I are both in music and, in, and to a degree in education, and when you bring about a certain niche of music in that way where they can relate to it, all of a sudden they're more interested. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I brought, and, go ahead. And I will say that there is an, there's a proponent of online discussion, mm -hmm. which does involve sportsmanship. That's great. Because there's, because, you know, when I'll, I'll, I'll present a topic saying, okay, why was this console revolutionary? Right. And one kid will say something and then another kid will say, well, no, it's because of this and that. And then you have to try to find common ground. So it's like an on, it's online. It's a healthy argument. Right. Um, and it's, that's one of the things about, I mean, there's like we said, there's sportsmanship in everything, right? There's sportsmanship in online gaming. There's sportsmanship in online classes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you know, completing your work on time, like following a syllabus, there's sportsmanship in education. Well, in I'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> the idea of you being able to have that discussion and, and note the, the, the sportsmanship in that discussion where you find the common ground, that's like, that's the fallacy of our society today in that the loudest voices that we hear are the polar extremes and all they do is argue to the point where they refuse to hear what the other side has to say and they refuse to compromise. They refuse to find the common ground. You know, it's, I, I, I was having this discussion the other day where I said, I'm not going to defend either side here. I'm just going to say that if you want your viewpoint to be respected and understood, you have to present it in a way that says, well, look, this is what I believe, and I don't begrudge anybody who decides to agree or disagree. What I ask is that people respect my belief, and if you don't happen to agree, why don't we try and find common ground where we can agree? You know, if you can't have that conversation, then it's all, it's all for naught. Right. You know? Yeah, and... <clears throat> all that does, I mean, the extreme points of view, all that does is further entrench each side in their own viewpoints. Exactly. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to reach someone by completely refusing to hear them. And what you're doing is I think, I actually think you're doing more psychological damage when you do that, because the people, let me put it to you this way. I am a firm believer that when people create opinions, when people create viewpoints, um, you know, and, 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 and defend them the way that we have in, in today's society, yeah. a lot of it comes down to experience, okay? Uh, I would say that some of it happens to deal with philosophy and, mm -hmm. and logic and reasoning and whatnot, but the vast majority of people, I believe, feel the way that they do, regardless of what it is, because of something they've experienced. They've mm -hmm. experienced, they had a bad experience with, with a certain thing, person, topic, whatever. And as a result, 
their viewpoint is now changed that that is bad and everybody around that must be bad. Right. Okay. We talked about, we talked about this last time too. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm obviously grossly oversimplifying it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you, when you do that, you, you, you set up defenses that diminish and devalue vulnerability that can really be the impetus for change and for growth. Um, you know, when we turn on the news these days and we see, um, you know, some of these discussions about anything that's going on in the world, and there's plenty going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. you know, none of it, or very little of it, I should say, and probably a very small percentage of it has journalistic integrity because so much of it is opinionated or editorialized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, and it doesn't matter what side, both sides, all sides, there's can be more than two sides, all sides can be and usually are guilty of it in that a lot of it is framed by past experience. And I, I would welcome the, you know, the, the network or the show or the commentator or whomever to say, listen, this is my belief, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite people onto my show to discuss my belief that have the opposite viewpoint because that is where we will find growth and we, will, and we need to find this growth through a respectful discussion of trying to be cooperative rather than to have a debate and prove that the other person is wrong. And that's, that's really where some of the debates with some of the problems with debate occur. Well, it's because it's not about who's right and who's wrong. Right. It's, it's about, about, it's about winning. learning. I'm saying they think it's about winning. Right. But it's what about, it's saying. about, it's about learning right. from the, from each other. Right. You know, it, right. it's about just understanding the other person's viewpoint. You can still have your own opinion. Right. You're allowed to, of course, but there's no winning or losing. Right. And that's the problem with, I think that's the problem with debate these days is that, you know, I keep going back to the Ken Ham, Bill Nye debate about evolution versus creationism. That was a really informative debate. I learned a lot about creationism that I never thought existed. Yeah. I believe in evolution, but, you know, I felt that Ken, was it Ken Ham? I think so. Am I thinking of the actor? That's John Ham. Yeah. Ken Ham. Okay. John Ham uh, has his own line of John Hams. It's the only ham that you can eat while you're in the John. Right. <laughs> Great. Um, how long were you waiting to crank out that gym? As, as the, the same amount of time uh, for the, the Peter Sarsgaard Sarsgaard. It's the only guard against Sars endorsed by Peter Sarsgaard. Great. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but what I was, but I was saying is that you know, if you the, the if you truly want to get something out of a debate, it's about understanding the other person's viewpoint, and right. then the person watching the debate can just hear both sides presented, and it's all about an intellect. It's all really about having an intellectual discussion. Right. It's not you're and making headway as a society. Right. Not proving that one person is right versus one person is wrong. 
you know, it's, it's not about that. It's about moving together right. as a society. It makes, you, it makes you think like you look at like the political debates and whatnot. And I honestly wonder uh, how much better they would be and how much more informative and powerful they would be if we A, eliminated the audience and B, eliminated the critique that follows where people say, well, who won the debate? Right. You know, you <clears throat> just, just stop that. And maybe the people who are in the debate will stop. Well, you know, I, I don't, they won't feed off of from the audience. Right. right? Now, listen, they're, I don't watch. Go ahead. So, so one of the things that I was, I was going to just really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. No, don't. Hurt. Um, so one of the things that I find infuriating about debates, political debates, whether they're gubernatorial or presidential or whatever, whatever yeah. is that the pr people always go over the time limit. Yep. And they won't just, they won't shut up. Yep. So my idea is cut their mic. Yep. Just cut their mic after a minute. And then if they keep talking, ring a basketball buzzer yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. Or until least, they stop. At least, at least the buzzer from whose line is it anyway? Right. But, you know? But what I'm saying is like, it needs to be a more controlled environment. The aud there should be no audience. You're right. And I, the mics should be turned off. The, 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 it just, and it, it should just, Maybe it'll in evolve into an actual discussion rather than a who's right and who's wrong situation. I don't but watch it. But unfortunately, that's not what the media wants. Right. That's not entertainment. It, that doesn't bring eyeballs to the set. Yep. Right. I don't so, watch a lot of debates, but my gut tells me that I would enjoy watching a vice presidential debate better than than a presidential debate because mm -hmm. usually those debates are one moderator and two candidates you know and and that's it and just three people in a room talking it's becoming more and more like a sports spectacle but exactly for the, but for all the wrong reasons right you know you have You're commentators right. at the end like it's just like what you would see at the end of a sporting event right i don't need a post-game show of a debate of a debate okay right. It let, allow people watching to take away what they want to take away. Right. May, let them make the informed decision. Don't speak for them. If I would love to see a network say, you know what? We're not going to air anything after this debate because we feel it's up to the audience to come up with their own thing. Rather and, than funny, and funny enough, the commentary that happens after the debate itself turns into another debate. Exactly. Exactly. What, are we going to have a commentary on the commentary? And then another commentary on the commentary? It's, it's a, Until it's we're a, going to like 4 o'clock in the morning yeah. here? <laughs> it's, it's a friggin' um, Bosium strip. Of, oh, of, Mobi Mobius strip. What's a Bosium strip then? I don't know. I know there's a bo Higgs boson particle. I think Bosium strip is, uh, is, a, is a Mobius strip version of a magic card. Speaking of Magic the Gathering. Where are my glasses? I want to push them up. Uh, you, <laughs> what, you know what? what? What happened to my glasses? <laughs> you know, I, here I thought that this entire episode was going to be called Burritos are, born in, are Grown on Trees. It's going to turn born into... On born on Trees. Now it's going to Honey, be... Honey, do you know where... Whoops. 
Your your headphones are falling off. I unplugged my headphones by yeah. accident. Yeah, we'll wait. There we go. Is that better? Uh, oh, that's much better. Good. Like, honey, where where do mommy where do bur- where do burritos come from? <laughs> well, yeah. when one tree loves another tree, <laughs> they they develop what's called a hot pocket. <laughs> Just a minute and a half in the microwave. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you need a girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, that's a Jim Gaffigan joke, if you haven't realized by now. Um, to, to make sure that we don't go any farther with uh, burrito lovemaking. Right. Let's get to the one topic that I found that spurred this whole thing. Okay. Sure. I found an article. This is written for Yahoo Sports. The, the, the woman who wrote this, her name is Liz uh, Rocher, R-O-S-C-H-E-R, okay? I believe in researching her and the article, she's much more of an op-ed person working out of Philadelphia for uh, Yahoo Sports. But obviously, with a lot of this stuff, it's not presented that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know... So, so I, a, a wag of my finger to Yahoo Sports in that you need to make this known that this is more of a blog type thing than an actual report of news, mm-hmm. okay? Because what, what, what Liz does in this article is not just report facts, but then she shames people. And, and to me... That's unacceptable. That is a prime definition of what you coined as poor sportsmanship in the media. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the article is called umpire Joe West skeptical of coronavirus deaths won't opt out of MLB season. Okay. Now let me state for, you know, for, for the record, it is beyond the scope of this discussion and this podcast to determine what is right and what is wrong regarding the coronavirus, okay? Mm-hmm. We are, we, you and I are fully entitled to our own opinions and to do what is best for ourselves and our families, okay? And what I believe could be completely different than what you believe. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't reflect, uh, you know, our, you know, the way that we run our organization, the way that we run our podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are entitled to those beliefs and everybody's entitled to their own. And I don't think that either one of us tries to impose those beliefs on anybody because we, we just want to say you do what's best for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I say that because it's important to set that foundation because when you read and listen to what this, this Liz wrote, it's very easy in today's pandemic to say, well, that's what's really right. And the fact of the matter is that that's irrelevant. It's, it's irrele- the, the facts are irrelevant from the standpoint of whether or not journalistic integrity is adhered to and whether or not this person has the right to comment in the manner that she does. Okay. Never mind the fact. Never mind the fact that the science behind it is changing all the time. Exactly, and and, and that, that's and that's but that's how science works. Exactly. You know, the different hypotheses come up. Scientific method, trial and error. I mean, we are learning more and more and more and more about this. So exactly, the opinions can't. 
there's no such thing as a definitive opinion on this. Right. Um, just so long as it's not too extreme on either end. Right. I'm not over here telling you that that the coronavirus is a creation of aliens in a way to um, <laughs> right. you know, gain control of us through th- thought manipulation, okay? Right. I draw the line somewhere. Yes. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> that's, like, that's like the South Park episode right before the turn of the millennium where um, God comes down and, and answers one question for everybody. And he's the little dwarf lizard thing. Yeah. And, and, and they're all looking at him like, what? And they're like, well, we just didn't expect you to look like that. And God goes, well, what did you expect me to look like? And Mr. Garrison, after a pregnant pause, goes, well, not like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, you can believe whatever you want. That's a little far out. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy what you say. Okay. Yeah. So, so the article says, and I quote, Joe West, MLB's most famous, famous and longest serving umpire, won't be opting out of MLB's shortened season. West is 67 and considered high risk for COVID-19, but he, cold, he told Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic that he's not scared of the coronavirus. Quote, if this game hasn't gotten me by now, no virus is going to get me, end quote, West told Rosenthal on Monday night. Quote, I've weathered a bunch of storms in my life. I'll weather another one, end quote. The 2020 season will be West's 42nd as an umpire, which makes him the longest serving umpire in MLB history by six years. There's still one important record that West hasn't beaten yet, total MLB games umpired. The record of 5,375 games is held by Bill Clem, and West is 65 games short of matching that. Beating that record is West's ultimate goal, and he plans to stay around until he accomplishes it. Umpires are typically only famous if they're both egregiously bad and attention seekers. See also C.B. Buckner, Angel Hernandez. So right there, this author has lost me because there is no reason for her to become opinionated like that, especially when these umpires have improved and are not as bad as she thinks. If she had done a little research, maybe check out Close Call Sports, whatever the case may be, Right off the bat, she would have found that that's an inappropriate comment. So, so a wag of my finger and a shame on Liz Rocher for that, okay? Very, very bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> and she continues, and that's the case with West. He's known for making terrible calls, never changing his mind, and doing it all in a way that makes him the center of attention. The fans pay to see the players and not the umpires, but West always seems to find a way to get all eyes on him. So right off the bat... This woman has lost all credibility, okay? She continues, West can apparently grab attention both on and off the field. When West told Rosenthal about a conversation he had with Deputy Commissioner Dan Halem, he gave this eye-popping COVID-19 take, quote, I don't believe in my heart that all these deaths have been from the coronavirus. I believe it may have contributed to some of the deaths. I said, quote, I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to work, and I'm going to work until you take me off the field or I get hurt, whatever. I'm working, end quote, quote. 
West didn't offer any explanation or reasoning behind that opinion, which is completely incorrect according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Despite not totally believing in the established facts about COVID-19, West told Rosenthal that he will be careful but isn't afraid of getting sick. Quote, if I get sick, I get sick, God forbid, end quote, West said. Quote, I'm going to be careful. I'm careful when I go to the golf course, end quote. So this woman, Liz Rocher, commits a number of sins. The first sin is that she, she is completely biased against umpires, which she, which she shouldn't be doing if she's a journalist. And this and, wasn't labeled as, this wasn't labeled as an op-ed, right? No, it was not. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. And, 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 and listen, if she is an op-ed person, if she's writing a blog, that's fine, but we should know this going in. Mm-hmm. I still think that she's out of her mind, and I have very little journalistic respect for her here, and I hate to put it that way, but it's, it's sad. And then the second thing is she basically says, oh, you don't believe the facts as per the CDC, you must be an idiot. And, and again, that's why I gave the, uh, you know, the foundation speech at the beginning where I said, listen, whether or not you believe the facts is not within the scope of this discussion. The, the point here is that a journalist does not have the right to judge someone through their, you know, their, their medium. That is not the job of a journalist. If you wanted to write an article about how Joe West won't opt out of the MLB season, just report the facts. Don't tell me about why you don't like him or these other umpires are terrible. or That have nothing to do that, with the story. Exactly. That's, that's right. You can, I, com- you can condense that article to like a few sentences. Right. That's it. Right. Just say what Joe West said and leave your own opinion out of it. Right. It's, it. it's, it's, it's completely inappropriate. For, for, for Liz Rocher to, to write this article. And I was offended by it for Joe West. Okay, now, yeah, I'm an umpire. Yes, I have, I have compassion towards umpires. But the fact of the matter is that that's because I've done the research, okay? If you look at sites like Close Call Sports, which analyze this data, you know, and, and, and specifically notes when they are making an op-ed statement, okay? Gill and T-Mac specifically make it very clear when they are talking for themselves and not for their organization. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and you, can, you can choose to disagree with them, okay? In this case here, Liz didn't do that, okay? She's talking as a fan, as someone who only sees the one side, and that is poor journalism. And so shame on her and shame on Yahoo for allowing this without noting it as, as a blog piece or anything like that, or an op-ed piece. Um, I, I, I really am disappointed, and I'm trying to really like temper my, you know, t- temper my reaction to this because mm-hmm. I could say a lot of things. Right, because now, now you got to be careful. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, listen, all I will say here is that I'm disappointed because this is a this is a perfect example of poor sportsmanship in the media, and and I I really find fault with with the author and the site for doing this. Thoughts? Um. Well, 
I agree. I think that, you know, when you're reporting, when you're not labeling an article as an op-ed, you know, the, the, there is a precedent there to just report the facts um, and not interject your own opinion. I mean, the same goes for like a research paper, right? When you're writing a research paper, you would put a postmortem at the end, like, or, or not postmortem, like a, an anecdotal thing at the end. If you wanted to interject your own opinion, specifically state, that it's your own opinion right. and that it has nothing to do with the, the paper proper. Right? right. And the research within that paper might be supporting a thesis that you have, but that thesis does not necessarily reflect an opinion. Exactly. So if you're going to express your opinion, even if this was an op-ed, it would have been done poorly because she's not really stating any hard facts to support her opinion like right. it like like to say that okay angel hernandez may have screwed up in the past but these people improve over time right you know like let can we can we look at that end of it um and i feel like that when you don't even label your article as an op-ed in the first place and you're interjecting these thoughts you are manipulating the thought of the reader right and that's poor sportsmanship mm -hmm. because you're you, it's it's doing more harm than good and you're and you're you have no journalistic integrity and then all of a sudden your organization is no better than the rest of the news organizations that do the same thing you know and even if even if you were convincing someone to like even if you were convincing someone to move in quote unquote the right direction right it would still be considered manipulative in a way right because your your job as a journalist is to report is to be is to be uh subjective exactly right exactly not, you, you're not you're, you need to take this you have to look at this in a neutral way um so it, 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 it's very toxic because of all the people that are reading that article, you would have to imagine a good percentage of them are going to be like, oh, well, well, wait a minute. Why is she inter... Some of them are going to be like, oh, I agree with this. Well, it's not about agreeing with... It's not about agreeing with it. It's right. about learning right. from it, from the article, right? So... If they're, if they're, if you are trying to get the reader to agree with you, if you're trying to present a viewpoint, that's manipulative because the reader can be absorbed by that viewpoint or realize that, oh my gosh, this person is crazy. <laughs> you know, right. either way, more opinions are formed as a result of that, of the original piece. Right. So, so my thought is that, you know, this all goes back to sportsmanship being a snowball effect. You put that article out there, lots of people are going to read it and then have more discussions about it, but they might not be healthy discussions right? because of the nature and the language used in the article, right? So if this journalist had taken a step back and before pressing the submit button and it said, you know what, there's a lot of... 
there's a lot of leaning language in one way or the other. There's a lot of language that, that, that suggests an opinion. Let me erase that and just let me go back and state the facts. Um, and then that would be an informative article. Right. And that would be the right way to go. But, exactly. Exactly. But, but she took, but she took the wrong direction with it. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately that happens a lot. I mean, when we were talking about the masters, um, last last episode last episode yeah um i mean it was very much an it, it was very much an op-ed piece but it was still handled the wrong way yeah i felt like you know the the, the information he, i mean this guy that guy presented information <clears throat> and i learned from it but i feel like it i well trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to say this so that it's not this person is clearly more in the wrong Liz for Liz Liz, Rocher Rocher is clearly yeah. more in the wrong than Rob Rob Parker something like that yeah Rob Parker was um you know I feel because this wasn't even labeled as an op-ed the other one was labeled as an op-ed but you know he, he still presented information which I thought was useful but right but um you know, I, I just, you got to be careful. You, as a journalist, you have a tremendous responsibility to, 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 to report um, on the facts. And people aren't, a lot of, I find a lot of people aren't doing that or less, less and less people are doing that. Well, you know, the other thing too, it begs the question of what have we let the op-ed become? And is that now taking over? journalism in its entirety i mean you you can't unless you're watching you know your local newscast the chances of you getting uh an informative uh, neutral journalistic piece can be kind of slim you know um you if you turn on the you know you know you and i live in New, Central New Jersey. So if you turn on, you know, Channel 6 ABC News out of Philadelphia at, you know, 6 o'clock, you're going to get a half hour of, uh, you know, news stories that do nothing but report the story. You know, it's not, it's not op-ed. It's just, here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if you turn on any of the cable news networks, the 24 hours news networks, you're not going to get that anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's the case also with a lot of the online stuff is that people are just looking at this stuff and saying, you know what, Why, if people aren't going to appreciate this stuff and we got to get clicks and we got to get eyeballs and whatnot. It's, it's a money grab. Exactly. That's what it is. And it, it, to me, it dissuades me from wanting to know the news. Mm -hmm. I find myself more and more, especially these days, checking out. Mm -hmm. I, I simply don't want to do anything when it comes to understanding what's going on in the world. And it's a shame because I, you know, there are parts of me that feel left out. There are parts of me that feel incomplete. It's that fear of missing out, that kind of stuff. And, but I look at it now and I say, you know what, I'm better for not having it because this is the stuff that I'm fed. I will say though, there was, there's an article, there's a, there's a, um, there's a news app called smart news. Okay. And there are certain articles that have um, 
called News from All Sides. Okay. So you can actually read the same article posted by various news outlets based on their political leaning. Interesting. So you, you have the option to choose which one, and you have access to all of these articles, and you can compare them. Right. Which, you know what? That seems like a more respectable way to do it because now you're getting multiple. I mean, you shouldn't have, there shouldn't be sides, right? With right. the news, there shouldn't be. But, right. but what smart news does, it has a little, it has a little slider. I see. With the list of articles. Right. I'm, I'm showing Jack right now because we're on video, but you can. You go that way, you see it one way and you go right, the other go to way. Go to blue, go to red. You can see yep. different articles, yep. which, is really interest, which is really interesting. That, that's a step in the right direction. The only thing I would say is that, you know, it, it's just, it, for me, again, this is my opinion, I feel more dissuaded to not even want to play the game. <laughs> where you know it's how you play the game whereas what you're doing is demonstrating the proper way to play the game mm -hmm. if you're going to have to play it under certain circumstances right and it's unfortunate that we've had to get to that point right um because like i said it should be it, news it, it there shouldn't be any opinions unless it is an op-ed right but op-eds aren't news right that's the thing. It, it, so, I mean, I, I, I like the smart news app. And on, honestly, I mean, when this, when this pandemic first started, I deleted my news. I deleted everything news-related because yeah. I just couldn't read it anymore. Dude, it's to the point where um, I'm swearing off social media, too. So not mm -hmm. only am I staying off of the news and whatnot, and, and the internet for that matter, you know, I'm staying off of social media as well. I, I check Facebook once a day to wish people a happy birthday. Mm -hmm. And and that's it, you know. I mean, I mean, I do use social media for networking, right? Um, I'll check. I'm checking LinkedIn more than I'm checking Facebook and Twitter and Instagram right now. And to yeah, be honest with you, I've done I've, that too. I have felt healthier as a result of that, right? You know, you know, and I'm I'm uh, I'm checking I'm checking Instagram as well, and Facebook for um, cat videos. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. In fairness, if you're using the internet for, for pictures and videos of cute cats, I respect you. Oh, so. of course. So That's what it's yeah. there for. I mean, I, yeah. So I think, I mean, for me, I, I think it's, it, it obviously should be up to the individual to use their common sense, although that's becoming more fleeting right. <laughs> these yeah. days as well. But you know, to, to, to use their best judgment when it comes to discerning, being able to pick out sides, like, you know, and that's what this smart news app does. So, I mean, it's fine. I, I re-downloaded it again and I'm starting to get back into it, but not nearly as much as, not nearly as much as I was before this whole thing started. Right. So, well, you know, I think, I think we really did a, did a good service with regard to discussing this stuff today because um you know this this doesn't this kind of stuff is not prevalent in today's world right now as we as we struggle through the pandemic and i i just hope that hearing these words can bring about some solace to some people because this is a tough time and mental health is very fragile and you know i just i just hope that if we've helped 
one person, we, we did a good job today. So yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, as a reminder to everybody too, you can now listen to the podcast on LinkedIn and Spotify. Hey, so, so you can get, you can get this podcast in a bunch of other ways too now. So Hmm. we, you know, you, you can get us, you can get your fix of us as, as much as you want now. So great. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for today. Um, it, you know, it's, it's good to be back on a schedule now that, um, the return of sports in some capacity is on the horizon, um, you know, and um, we got we got plenty to uh, kind of deal with now. And um, I'm looking forward to it finally, <laughs> you know. Tell me about it. Yeah. So it'll be good to get it'll be good to get back to a sense of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about it for today. Once again, you can contact the show, podcast at osafoundation.org. You can visit us at osafoundation.org and submit your stories of sportsmanship or any comments, really. We'll, we'll talk about them. Uh, check us out on the social media, such as facebook.com slash osafoundation and Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Uh, remember, you can always uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, which include social media, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and now even Spotify. So, uh, Sean, as always, thank you. Of course. And um, we will talk to everybody again real soon. Uh, Be well out there. And until then, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.